welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 98. Thirty-five. That's the number. Uh, no, that's not how old I'm going to be next year. I mean, it is, but that's that's not the point. Thirty-five is is my number right now, and uh, I want you to take a second and see if you can guess what that that is. Thirty-five. What? If you guessed hunts for this year, you are correct. I have hunted. 35 times. Uh, a couple years ago, I wanted to keep track of just where I was going and um, wind direction and those kind of things. So I started a little log on my phone just using the little notes app. And um, last year, I think I hunted 21 times the entire season. Um, year before that was a little bit more, I think. Uh, but this year, uh, with my last hunt yesterday morning, I'm at 35 hunts, folks. That's a lot of hunting that I've got to do. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I also know that that is way more than what I intended to hunt. And, and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit um, uh, in this episode and talk about uh, some of the hunts, but also talk about, uh, you know, I had this little podcast at the beginning of the season with an interview with a, a non-hunting wife. That's going to come up. So just so you're aware, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. But I did have an exciting Thanksgiving. Uh, no, I did not shoot the big buck that I was kind of hoping for. However, I did have some good uh, encounters. Um Basically went up to my in-laws, and quick story, I uh, have permission to hunt this property that uh, a lot of other people don't, and I, I uh, have this spot that I was able to scout. Well, it's a, it was a cornfield, and they cut it two days before we arrived, so I was pumped to find that out. Got up there, and even as we drove by to go to uh, my, my wife's parents, I could see deer out in the field, so I came back, and I scouted it for two nights. I set a trap, um, got some corn, and tried to haul, get these deer into a certain location. Come to find out, this deer, this corn, not even the pigs will eat for the pig farm. It's got some sort of chemical in it, so the deer didn't touch the corn, so the corn was actually a, a non-factor, but all that said, um, I did have an opportunity to go into this spot that I thought was going to be awesome. I figured out the wind and where I felt like the bucks would be traveling if there were bucks. I didn't see any while scouting. But here's the, the catch. Um, <laughs> my brother-in-law has a friend, and I have a friend. His name's Adam. And Adam decided that he wanted to give hunting a go. I don't know if that came from watching Kirk, my brother-in-law, get his first deer, or Adam's you know, trying to become self-sustainable. He lives in Columbus, and he's wanting to get his own meat and stuff. So anyhow, we said, yeah, we'll, we'll take you out sometime. Well, Thanksgiving rolled around. We didn't have time then. Black Friday rolled around in the morning. We didn't have time then. And I was planning on going Black Friday evening to this spot. And it seemed to be about the only time that Adam could also hunt. And my brother-in-law, he's kind of new to hunting too. And so he wasn't real sure if he should take him. So I decided to take Adam with me. And I knew full well that it, it could potentially cost me a big buck. I didn't know what was going to go down. and But I thought, you know what, I do like taking people out. This is his very first hunt ever of any kind. Uh, so got him an apprentice license. We spent about an hour shooting the crossbow, making sure that he was comfortable with it. I took my bow. We had the understanding that if a big buck came in, I was going to take the shot on the big buck. He would kill anything else. And so we ended up on the ground because I didn't have my, my hang-on stand for him. And... Um, 
We found a spot that I thought was good, made a little blind in front of us where we thought the deer were going to come, but we didn't make a blind behind us, <laughs> and we should have. Um, about an hour in, two does came in behind us, and I think they caught our movement, and um, they uh, they did a 180 and, and took off out of there. Um, about 5 p.m., Adam taps me on the shoulder and goes, there's a deer back behind us, and I look back over our left-hand shoulder, and there at 35 yards is a, a little just four point buck i just called him forky little four corn and i was like, all right Adam, uh, get get your bow up and so we got turned around nice and easy and i got the camera up and i got my bow leaning up against a tree and so i but i'm focused on him filming his first chance at a deer and all of a sudden i start to hear footsteps over my left hand shoulder and Forky looks back our direction. I'm like, uh-oh. And all these foot, you just know. You just know that this is not a doe. And I look, and I see tines. Um, a 10-point walks into range about 32 yards, has no idea where they're, walks right past us, out through, and then gets into a little bit of thicker cover. But I know that he's going to step out into an opening. He's headed up toward this four-corn buck. And at that moment, I thought, do I grab my bow? What do I do? Adam's already got his, his bow up. He's already there. And I know this buck is about to step out into a gap. And so in that moment, I realized, okay, I, I want somebody to shoot this buck. He's, he's a good deer. I'm not going to – if I had to guess a score, and you guys know I'm terrible at this, I'd say he was at least 120 to 130s, maybe, maybe more. I don't know. He was a good deer. Uh, it, without a doubt in my mind, a shooter. He hits the gap. I go, meh. And the buck takes three more steps, unfortunately, before he stops. And he's right be- his vitals are right behind a tree. Adam's like, I don't have a shot. And I was proud of him for recognizing that, you know, his first time ever <laughs> hunting. And I was like, okay, yeah, just wait. Let's just wait. And the buck does a little turn, does a 180, and goes back through the gap again. But he's about five yards away, kind of quartering away strong. And he starts raking a tree and starts, like, pawing the ground. I'm like, this guy's showing dominance. I was like, this could be good. And I, and I range him at that point, and he's 40 yards. A little far. Adam hadn't practiced quite that far, and I was like, okay, I don't think you can take that shot. I was like, but I think I probably could. So I was thinking about grabbing my bow, and I was trying to think about, I mean, this deer's not paying attention. Maybe I could even scoot in about five, five more yards and get a shot on him before he knows what's up. And in that moment, Mr. Forky decides he's coming our direction. <laughs> Forky starts heading our way directly in front of uh, the buck, you know, that's out there, at four, you know, the bigger buck out there. And I realized at that moment, I'm like, okay, I- I've either got to make a choice here. Am I going to let Adam shoot this buck that's coming, or am I going to try and hold out and wait for this big buck? And Forky closes from 40 yards to 17 yards, and he's facing us. And I realized I- I've got to let Adam take this shot. And in that, in that moment, the, the big buck had gone off another five. So he's beyond range. He's at 45 yards, standing there broadside, but still out there a good ways. And it had some cover. And so I'm like, all right, Adam. So Adam's holding his bow the whole time. I got the camera rested on Adam's shoulder almost. And this buck comes uh, forky, and he picks us off. He sees movement, and he, you can tell. Like, he freaks, and he starts doing the head bob, and he starts pawing the ground, and he's he's trying to get us to move. And we, we froze. And finally, I was like, Adam, just hold still, hold still. And finally, the buck quarters to us. Broadside had some timber in the way, and then he took two or three more steps, and he stepped out quartering away, perfect shot. And I think Adam, I I think he had been holding the bow. And I had told him it was about 20 yards. Turned out it was 17. 
and he touches off the trigger on this crossbow, and he shoots just over his back. He may have actually glanced his back. Um, Buck takes off, takes about 20 yards, stops, look back. I didn't see an arrow in him. He looked fine. And then the other buck kind of ran off a little bit, and they both just slowly trotted off, not like tails flagging or anything. They just slowly just went away. And uh, Adam was so disappointed. I, I was so disappointed for him. But at the same time, I was like, man, we were both like breathing heavy, like incredible encounter. And I have no idea if I would have gotten that deer had Adam not been there. I I'd probably would have been about 40 more yards into the woods up in my saddle. Um, also, the next day I went out to practice shooting because I hadn't shot in a little while. And I was shooting about two inches to the right. So I I'm actually pretty grateful that I didn't get a shot on that deer because I may have injured that deer. I got my bow. I had to actually adjust my pins because I was shooting that far to the right. And um, so anyhow, it was a cool experience. And then the next day I went in and I saw probably 15 deer. I uh, had a smaller eight-point come in, didn't get a shot, but but it was awesome. So that's that was how my weekend is going. Gun seasons came in Ohio. I picked up a gun one time. and um, But I've just I've hunted a lot, guys. Um Beginning of this year, I had my wife on. Beginning of this hunting season, I had my wife on. We talked a little bit about it. And I can just tell this has been, like, pressing on her a little bit. And t about three nights ago, we had a good, let's just call it conversation. It wasn't argument. Because I know, I know I've got, I don't have a leg to stand on. I've been hunting quite a bit. And we had a good conversation about it. Well, ironically, my guest that I had on our interview, uh, the podcast last night, he had already kind of thought through what he wanted to talk about. <laughs> and... I think it might be divine intervention. He wanted to talk about keeping priorities straight at home. And uh, so we, we have a great talk. Uh, today's guest, his name is Jeremy Bouguet. And Jeremy comes on to talk about um, his first deer that he was ever able to get, first buck that is. Talks about deer hunting camp and just fun that he has in Michigan with his buddies and his uh, family. And uh, talks about his first deer and some crazy encounters. And then at the end, we get a little bit heavier and talk about just balancing family we said we were going to do it this year we're going to do better and here we are and i'm 35 hunts in so i i think we unpack that pretty nicely i think it's something that you all can relate to especially if you're married in the woods and um you know it's something we all try and manage and balance so i think that you guys are going to love this episode i certainly did jeremy has some great stories and so here we go we're going to jump in here is jeremy bouguet Hey guys, real quick before we jump into that episode, something I forgot in our little intro there is uh, Jeremy never mentions this uh, during the actual podcast, but he has a YouTube channel that I want you guys to check out. It's called Jeremy Riggin Outdoors. So Jeremy and then R-I-G-G-I-N Outdoors uh, is his YouTube. And also I want to let you know on our YouTube channel, uh, Josh Castle released his 180-inch giant Ohio rut hunt buck, and it is a great video. Did a great job on it he does some really good voiceover and uh, just kind of tells the story and I'm just proud of him his editing has gotten about 10 times better so go over to Shedding Light Outdoors check that out check out Jeremy Riggin Outdoors as well make sure you hit subscribe and now let's jump into the podcast all right guys I have on the line with me tonight Jeremy Bouguet Jeremy how are you doing doing great doing great thanks for having me on Oh, absolutely, man. How's, how's things in your world? Things are good. Uh, not a great hunting season, but uh, we're hunting here in Michigan, so it's kind of to be expected, it seems like. So. Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, just hunting is uh, just being in the woods. That's what we want to be, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it seems like I, when I'm not in the woods, that's what I'm thinking about. 
Oh man, especially this time of year. And I think uh, I've, I've probably talked about this in the intro. I'll definitely talk about it at the closing, but there's this over my head kind of cloud of, I haven't got that buck yet and I so want to. And so you, that, that, that's something that definitely makes you think about it more whenever, you know, you're supposed to be doing other things. Yeah. Of all of my, uh, my, my two brother-in-laws and the rest of my, my buddies that I know that hunt, I'm the only one who is deerless this oh, far. So yep. pressure is on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what, which part of Michigan you in? And I think we can still be friends. I'm a, I'm a, I'll just come out with it. I'm a Buckeye fan. I don't know where you're at on that, but I we... have no time for sports, unfortunately. So it doesn't offend me one bit. Well, good. All right. Well, we'll go. <laughs> so where are you at in Michigan, man? So I'm, uh, I'm in Richmond, Michigan. It's uh, probably about 45 minutes north of Detroit. Um, just getting into the edge of the co- of country. Um, I'm a father of two girls, uh, 16 and 19, and uh, married to my wife, Christy, for 21 years now. So, ah, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, actually, we just celebrated uh, celebrated this month. Well, last month. We're in December now, so yeah. last month. So, But, yeah, um, I manage a, a fastener company uh, for the auto industry, and I've uh, been doing that for a few years, and, uh, but I've been hunting kind of the, most of my life. Um, I'd say I started hunting at a young age. My grandpa owned 300 acres way up north in the, the top of Michigan. And when I say hunting, I use it loosely as to what I think of it now is we would go, grandpa would go up a week before and dump about 300 pounds of carrots out. And then on opening day, we would just sit out there and uh, shoot the first thing that comes to the bait pile. Um, so yeah. it's, it's much different than hunting nowadays where uh, here in Michigan, at least there's no baiting. And I hunt mostly all public land. So uh, there's no food plots or anything like that. It's a matter of uh, figuring out these deers, the deer pattern and uh, trying to put yourself in the right place at the right time. So, yeah. So you've gone through quite the transition from what you grew up with to where you are now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I shot my first deer when I was 14 um, and shot, I think like six or seven, they were all does um, when I was younger and, really kind of was hunting on and off every couple years when someone would invite me to go. Um, but really probably about three or four years ago, my brother-in-law's really both got into hunting and uh, we hunted probably it was two years ago, shot my first buck. Uh, kind of have a, a funny story that goes along with that. And uh, really yeah, that, that buck has really renewed a passion for hunting. Uh, I've always, my wife and kids know we have this game as we drive around. If they can spot a deer in a field before I can, they get a dollar. <laughs> That's been an ongoing thing for probably 10 years. So I've always had a passion for outdoors and, and, and deer, uh, but hunting hasn't been as much of a renewed passion as it, as it has been in the last few years for sure. So, hmm. Do you care if we go back for a second before we jump to that buck? Yeah. I'm just curious, you know, you talk about hunting. Do you, do you have any like special memories? Uh, I know your, your hunting tactics have changed, but is there any like special memories that stand out to you as far as like hunting with your grandpa? I think that's kind of a neat thing that a lot of guys don't get to experience. So grandpa was a, a Navy man and uh, pretty rough around the edges. And uh, I, I, I grew up always hunting within the same blind with my dad though. And uh, so I remember it was, I think my second deer and it was the last day of our time up there and two deer were on the bait pile. And my dad, I looked at my dad, I said, dad, how about we both shoot? 
he was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Of course, dad gets the bigger dough. I get the smaller dough. And we both kind of line up and he's going, all right, one, you, you turn your safety off. And uh, after we turn the safety off, we're going to slowly squeeze on the count of two. And then on the count of three, we're going to pull. And uh, I remember it was one, we, safety was off. Two, bang, I shot. And, uh, <laughs> Dad's deer went running and he never got a shot at it. So, <laughs> mine dropped right where it was at. And, that was oh, pretty man. funny, and Grandpa always razzed me and my dad about that for a long time. So, oh, that that very rarely works out. I had a similar situation with my buddy Travis Shire. We were in a blind, and we tried it, and those deer are like five yards away. And I'm I might have been the same as you. I might have pulled on too. I'm not quite sure, but I got mine. Travis Shire did not get his. So, yeah, yeah, that's funny. it. Was pretty funny, but uh, you know, my dad was still fine with it. He was happy to be in the blind when I got one. So. What, what do you think got your, I think you said your brother-in-law or brothers, they got into hunting, kind of renewed passion. Or what, what kind of drove them and drove you guys to kind of getting back into things? So my brother-in-laws had never grown up in a family that hunted. Um, so my one brother-in-law is in the Coast Guard. Uh, he's been serving for a little over 20 years. Actually just made chief the other day. Hmm. So that was pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and he met some guys at church and that were hunters and they invited him to go out hunting and he just fell in love with it and uh it grew from there yeah oh, very so cool they started going to he started going to hunting camp with these guys up in here in michigan everybody quote unquote goes up north and they go to hunting camp for gun season and so uh he went to hunting camp with this guy and uh after a couple of years he invited his brother to go up and then um two years ago they invited me to come up and, uh, man, that's, that'd be great. So, uh, like I said, it, it kind of has renewed uh, a new passion for hunting in me. Oh, sure. Very cool. So, uh, before we hit record, you told me a little bit about this hunting camp, and it, it seemed pretty neat to me. So can you describe kind of how – I think everybody kind of has a different experience. Um, guys have heard me talk about I didn't really have, like, a camp per se, but we did, like, deer drives, and we would meet in this guy's basement every morning. You know, everybody would drive and meet there, drink your coffee, and we'd eat trail bologna and cheese, and then we'd go out and do our drives all day. And that was kind of the equivalent. But what was your, your deer camp like? Like, uh, can you describe it? Yeah, so there was um... – there's five of us usually there and uh, it re it's one of the guys, uh, his brother lives up there and we would just stay at his house. Uh, we'd all get up in the morning and go hunting, um, come back in the afternoon, cook some dinner or cook some lunch and then go back out for the night hunt. And uh, really kind of the, the, the funnest part of the night, I think for everybody is what we called story time. And at the end of the night, no one would talk about, you know, really their, their hunting experience. And at the end of the night, it was story time. So we'd eat dinner and each person would get up and we, everybody would have to stand up in front of the group and kind of tell their story. <laughs> and really was just the, the highlight of camp was story time, you know, just um, telling your, you know, what, what you saw or what you shot at, if you missed something. I mean, you just, it seemed to always have a, there's always a funny story to go around. For sure. That sounds like my kind of place, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on that wall just to kind of hear those stories. And uh, so let's just pretend we're at deer camp. I mean, it is the middle of deer season here for you yep. and I. So uh, Jeremy, tell us your deer hunting story. You, you were getting toward one uh, about your, your buck that you got. So uh, tell us how you got your buck. Yeah. So two years ago I was hunting with both my brother-in-laws. Um, 
and I drove, dropped them off at their spot, and then drove over to this other spot that my brother-in-law had kind of set up for me um, on some state land near his, his house. And um, he set me up there. And uh, this was actually Thanksgiving morning. Um, so we're out Thanksgiving morning. And by about, uh, probably about 8.30, 9 o'clock, I had a little bit of a cold. And I went through a little coughing fit. And I was, I was a little cold, my feet were froze. So I got down and uh, I just started walking, kind of walked and um, stumbled across a good a runway and ended up running into another hunter. And the guy basically was leaving. He said I could hunt his stand. Um, so after everybody was done, we went back to his house and we're, we're eating Thanksgiving dinner. And my brother-in-law's ragging on me because I only made it till 8.30. And he's like, man, I'm telling you, you got to stay out till 9.30, 10 o'clock. You got to. I was like, ah, I'll do my best. You know, this cold really bothered me, and I didn't have warm enough socks or whatever. He gave me a pair of socks. And uh, so the next morning, I'm notorious for playing a little bit of euchre on my, uh, on my cell phone, which I don't know. Euchre is kind of a Michigan thing, so I don't know if everybody knows uh, euchre. Like oh, man, I love euchre. Yeah, so euchre is kind of a, 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 at least a Michigan thing, it seems like. Uh, yeah, we love playing euchre. So I'm playing euchre on my phone, and uh, sure enough, about 8.30, um, I have another coughing fit, and my nose is running. And uh, The spot where I'm hunting, I'm expecting deer to be within 75 yards, so I'm, I'm figuring my hunt's done. So I'm blowing my nose, and I get done with this coughing fit, and I, I, I was planning on just getting down, but the words of my brother-in-law ringing in my head, you got to stick it out till 9.30, 10 o'clock. And I just didn't want to get ragged on again because it's Black Friday. All our wives are out shopping. <laughs> and actually, normally the guys, we go out shopping. Um, there's a store called Rural King. Um, and we usually go there on Black Friday. And we just we decided there wasn't anything on sale we wanted. So we decided to go out hunting. And uh, as, as we left, our wives said nothing. But you're wasting your time. You guys aren't going to shoot anything. So that's ringing in the back of my head. Um, my brother-in-law telling me that um, I got to stay in, stay in the stand till 930 is in my head. I said, All right. I'm going to, I'm going to show them. I, I'm going to tough it out. I'm sitting here. So I, I, I'm sitting there and playing another game of Euchre. And all of a sudden I look up and I see a deer and I see one antler and, uh, I'm, I've never shot a buck in my life and I'm in my early forties. So I saw a spike and that was all I needed to see. Uh, so I got shotgun up and uh, I shot and I, it seemed like it was a good shot to me. It was about uh, 80 yards and this buck was in uh, the woods eating some acorns and it, it dropped and I instinctively, I was just so geeked that I just shot my first buck. I put the gun back on uh, the hook and I turned around to look and that deer was gone and I didn't know where it went Oh no! and my heart sank and I was like, I, I don't even know what direction he went. I just, I, I don't know what I was thinking. So I grabbed the gun again and I rack another shell into the, the chamber and I'm in the scope and I'm looking everywhere. I can't find this deer. And all of a sudden I look where I shot him and sure enough, I, I see fur right there. Like it, I dropped him. He didn't move an inch. Oh, that's sweet. And uh, I'm all excited because I just shot my, my first deer and it's a spike. And, uh, I get looking through the, um, the scope and I, I realize that this isn't a spike. It's a good size eight pointer. And I'm freaked out. 
And so I text both my brother-in-laws, big buck down. And they both text back, yeah, on what video game? <laughs> I'm like, I'm serious. They're like, yeah, right. And so I am just, I'm just geeked up. And I, I call my wife and I'm, I can't even hold it together. And she, she's not a hunter and she's not into hunting at all. But you could tell she was actually excited for me because I don't get as giddy as I have was right then. <laughs> I, I don't even remember touching the steps on the way down from that stand because I just, I flew down. Um, and my brother-in-law's told me to come pick them up. So I, before I even went to the deer, I go and I pick them up and we run back out there and that deer hadn't gone even an inch. And uh, so it was my first buck. And uh, thankfully it was because my brother-in-law had told me to stay put and don't be a sissy. <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, that, that has just totally reignited my passion for hunting. And mm. uh, it's just, it's consumed me. Yeah. Um, I've gotten into what, you know, endless YouTube rabbit holes. Um, I mean, I watch so many different things. That, um, that's what, where I found you guys was uh, the Shedding Light Outdoors YouTube mm -hmm. channel. Um, found the hunts. Um, love the fact that you guys throw scripture and a gospel message into it. Um, found you guys. Actually, the video um, was of that young boy uh, shooting that monster nine, um, <laughs> which was just awesome. The kid, he made such funny faces. He must have been looking right into the camera and could see himself. It was so funny. Oh, man. And here's the deal. I edited that video, and um, there were so many that I, I had to cut. Like, I could have probably thrown in, like, four or five more, like, close-ups of that kid looking at the camera. That was so awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I just laughed because I was like, that would have been me. I'd have been making faces at that thing and stuff. It, it was awesome to see that kid. You know, like, I felt like it was me. Like, I just – that's how I reacted um, when I shot my first buck. It was uh, it was awesome. So, mm. um, there's a video. There's a, a guy named the Budget Sportsman. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen his videos. Yeah, I've watched um, a couple. He has one that you have to watch where he shoots a giant, and he gets it on video, and he freaks out uh, to the point he's shaking and screaming so much he ended up breaking his tree stand. <laughs> because <laughs> um, the giant drops right in sight. So uh, my wife, I showed that to her, and she's like, that's what you were like when you shot your deer. Yep. So, Anybody um, that's watched uh, me last year shooting that buck from the saddle, I mean, I, I, I just can't explain the adrenaline and how you just can't there, – there's so much that builds in that moment. You know, you want it so bad, you've hunted for it, and then have you have things that go wrong, and then it comes together. It just – it's hard to – I'm not one to play it cool, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm a super mild-mannered um, – I don't get excited at much. Yeah. And uh, I do get excited for deer hunting, that is for sure. Mm -hmm. um, well, man, if we were at deer camp, I'd give you a high five. That's a great story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was two years ago. Um, and immediately after that, the, uh, the county that I live in, um, they actually extend bow season. They're looking to basically eradicate deer where I live just because it's, it's too close to urban areas. Oh, okay. Uh, so they extend hunting season all the way through January 31st. Hmm. So that year, it man, I was out in this public land that's on my way home from work. And I was out there putting out trail cameras and just 
poured a bunch of time into it. And that same spot last year, I spent about 100 hours in the stand um, and had some great pictures of bucks early season and stuff. But as soon as hunting season starts, there is not a deer to be seen. And I spent 100 hours in the stand last year on this state land and didn't see a single deer. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't stop my passion. Like it just, it, it almost fueled it more to make me learn more and figure out what I'm doing wrong and to figure out what I can do better. Yeah. Um, so uh, last year after all of bow season um, hunting, um, I went up to deer camp and we get up to deer camp and we hunt for a week with our bows just before gun opener because it's kind of the peak of the rut. And I had an opportunity to shoot at a doe at 35 yards and I blew it, shot over her back. And I had an opportunity to shoot at a six pointer and shot over its back. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them was a, a stupid mistake of misjudging my pins. And I used the tw uh, 30 yard pin when it should have been 20. And another one, I, I think I just hit a branch or something. Um, so we, we get to gun season and uh, by the time opening day hits, we already had five deer hanging. And on opening day, we dropped another five. So between five, actually on five, with five guys, we had 11 deer. Wow. Um, which was just ridiculous. Um, so opening morning, we've got a group text message going between everybody and uh, dad just dropped an eight and uh, my one brother-in-law actually tagged out during, here in Michigan, you can shoot two bucks in a doe, and he actually tagged out during bow season, shot a seven-pointer and a doe within an hour in the same stand. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I was close enough, I got to hear both of those shots even. I, I texted him, like, you just shot, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I did. Dropped them both. <laughs> so, um, for gun season, opening day, everybody's texting and they've all got deer and I've already warned my brother-in-laws cause they rode with me to prep for an all day sit cause I'm not going home without a deer. And everybody else now has gotten a deer and my brother-in-laws are both talking about that they're cold and they want to go back. And I'm getting extremely anxious and, and a bit angry cause I warned them, Hey, if you're going to leave early, drive by yourself cause I'm sitting out all day. So I'm getting all worked up. And uh, because I'm sitting all day, I'm getting a deer and I'm going through anxiety. I'm going through uh, almost anger because I don't want to leave, but those guys want to and stuff. And uh, God knew I, that was maybe I needed a, the moment for that deer to walk in. And I had um, actually, we call him a unicorn because actually only had one point on him. He <laughs> snuck up behind me uh, and I shot that deer and uh, ended up. She took three shots, uh, but it, it finally dropped. And I was excited about this unicorn almost as much as I was my eight pointer the year before. Oh, that's um, just because it isn't about the rack to me. Uh, it's about the experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and just it was so much fun, uh, regardless uh, the size of the deer. So, um, but like I said, that's constantly, it's fueled my passion. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I, 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 I relate to that so much because it's like you, you get out there and you have some success. And I think that's what I'm chasing this year a little bit is I had success last year. I shot the biggest buck of my life and I want like 
can taste it. I can taste that feeling. I want that feeling again. I, I, and so it fuels the passion, but it does require a lot of time out in the woods. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, a lot of that, that time, probably time I should be spending with my wife and family. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, God's given me graciously a gracious wife um, who, who, although she rags on me for not having a deer, um, has, has somewhat supported me, even though she's not a hunter. Um, and it's been great this, this year. Um, I've really, I, I poured a lot of time into fixing my archery flaws. Uh, I've been shooting my bow literally all summer. I would come home from work and put 30 to a hundred arrows down range almost every day. Um, and just constantly trying to improve, uh, improve my accuracy and my, my aim and stuff, uh, to where I, I felt, you know, confident in the 30 to 40 yard shot. Um, I don't think I'd take a 40, but I, I could take a 30 yard shot and be fairly confident. in. Yeah. Um, so I've really invested a lot of time, uh, this year, uh, scouting again, the same state land that's really frustrated me. And I have gotten three really good Michigan bucks on camera, but of course, as soon as hunting season comes into play, they just disappear. <laughs> so, uh, again, it was, it's been a rough year and, and I feel like 2020, um, we've all experienced, you know, the anxiety the, and the unrest, uh, of everything that's going on. And it seems like deer camp for us was, was kind of the same way. Uh, we went up to our spots where we cameras out and we had lots of great deer movement. Um, but it seemed like all of a sudden that area was just overpopulated with hunters and, uh, all sorts of problems plagued us. Uh, my one brother-in-law is in the Coast Guard due to COVID. Uh, wasn't going to be able to come up to deer camp at all. Um, we had some other family issues that was going to prevent one of the guys from coming up. And um, just, it seems like deer camp was going to not be the same, just like it seems like the rest of the year has been. Yeah. And, uh, and it ended up, so last year, come opening day, after opening day, we had five guys had 11 deer down. This year... Uh, we had one. That's mm-hmm. all we had. Uh, my brother-in-law shot a, a big doe, uh, and everybody there missed deer, um, which was just crazy. Um, yeah. That every all five of well, four of us totally missed deer. You know, I, I think about that, Jeremy. I think about what you're talking about, and it's. Um, I do think 2020 has been kind of challenging. I think maybe that's why I've hunted as much as what I have. So I, I resonate with what you, you said a little bit ago about, um, you know, it does require time, you know, it takes time away from family a little bit. My wife's a non-hunter and I, I even had my wife on this podcast, you know, at the beginning of the season, I did an interview with a non-hunting wife and we laughed and joked, but <laughs> after I, I shot, uh, you know, I did shoot a buck this year. I had my opportunity and I just made a, what I thought was a good shot ended up not being a good shot. And, um, that has just fueled me to hunt even harder, even more like, and and the hunts have stacked up and I've tried to hunt smarter, not harder, but I have hunted harder. And it's, I tell you what, it's that, that is, uh, put some stress on, on marriage. And you think about it's like all these things in 2020 that are a letdown. The one thing in my life that's not a letdown is my family. You know, that's just something that kind of hit me the other day. I was out and I wanted to go. We've finally got snow in Ohio and I'm sitting there and I really want to go. I went on a morning hunt and I saw a few does, didn't see any bucks. And 
uh, but that evening, my daughter, she wanted to play in the snow and I was like, doggone it, man, I really want to hunt. But I thought, ah, I better, I better, maybe I can hunt tomorrow. So I went and I, I was playing with my daughter and she's four years old and she is just loving the snow. We're out there together, just having a great time. And I thought to myself, I will, I will probably, you know, Lord willing, have many, many, many opportunities to hunt the rest of my life. I will never get four years old excited to be in the snow as much as what she is again. That That's just what hit me so hard the other day is like, man, time with her. Like this is, this is not wasted time at all. If I would have gone hunting tonight, I'd be wasting an opportunity. Yeah, it, totally. And I, I can speak from experience. I have a 16 year old and a 19 year old, both daughters. And I, I can tell you, I've wasted a lot of my life um, seeking things that don't mean anything in, in the long term yep. and uh, missed many opportunities like that. And uh, definitely need to take advantage of that while you can, for sure. Mm, I appreciate um, that. How do, how do you balance all of that, Jeremy? Like you mentioned kind of like you have this passion where we're all, we're all excited about hunting. This is a hunting podcast, right? But so you, how, how do you find yourself balancing that, making sure that you're making time for your daughters and your wife and, and taking care of that? I, I need to do better. Uh, and I'm just curious how you take care of that. And it's a great question. We kind of touched a little bit on this before the podcast and, and it's honestly something I've struggled with probably my whole life. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little choked up even talking about it, but uh, it's a struggle I have. And I think as men, we struggle with this a lot. Um, I think a lot of it's selfishness um, and we want what we want and uh, with total disregard to what, how it affects everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, some God's been working on my life uh, for really, for a long time. He's been poking and prodding me. Um, it's really uh, pushed on me this, this last year for sure. Um, and how to how to balance that and you know yes we're still you know i'm still going to go out and hunt i'm still going to enjoy it that is a great passion of mine but i should be just as passionate about my wife and my family um, i you know i can find myself daydreaming about hunting all the time yeah and do i have that same passion uh invested into my kids and into my marriage uh and i can say it you know right now no i haven't been but uh definitely something something we should be. Um, yeah. And I know, you know, you love to um, kind of wrap things up sometimes. And I told you, I'd probably steal your thunder a bit, but uh, uh, Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains, obtains favor with the Lord. Um, and Proverbs 19, 14, uh, house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And prudent just means acting with or showing care and thought for the future. And I can say that God has definitely blessed me um, with a, a very understanding and, and gracious wife uh, because of all the time that I have uh, not invested, but still is not uh, an angry and, and hostile wife for that. Uh, definitely put up a lot with me. Man, uh, you can steal my thunder all day. Good. Yeah. Good thoughts. Like, um, I think that's, that's something I've come to realize is, is whenever you set your goal to be so like, my goal is to shoot a big buck, you know, you set that goal and maybe sometimes we need to modify our goals a little bit. You know, um, I, I think about this year, I've had some really good hunting experiences. I've been able to take four, four guys out brand new or almost brand new hunters and give four guys like an opportunity to shoot a deer. Uh, two of them have got their deer, two of them uh, did not, but they at least had the opportunity. Like I look at that and I'm like, that is probably better than me shooting a giant buck. 
you know, if I shoot a giant buck, what am I going to do? I'm going to stand behind it. I'm going to do the grip and grin and I'm going to post on Facebook for the world to see. And it's, it's kind of an ego thing. It's yes, I'm happy. It's a goal thing, but you know, all I've done is just kind of, you know, I've accomplished a goal. I'm not making light of that, but you know, you look at some of the other things with hunting, it's not just about that big kill. And I, I have to think there's probably some other guys out there that have also are trying to punch that tag and they get jealous because it seems like everybody else has. And, but I, I think whenever you take a step back and you look at the grand scheme of things, it's, it's those things like, like you just said, it, it's the time with family and those things that you're not going to get back. That's what matters the most. So make sure that you're, you know, and I, I don't know the best way to do that. All I can say is just try and find that balance. <laughs> try not to yeah. be looking at Onyx and uh, weather forecast, you know, uh, whenever you're with your wife out on dinner dates <laughs> or whenever, you know, yeah. that's the hard part is like, you know, you're spending time with your wife. You're like, oh, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, but you're also, you're not with me. You're still in the woods. You're still thinking about it. So that's, that's where it's, that's where it gets a little hard, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, my, my kind of my final verse kind of blends the two of, of kind of hunting and uh, and like I talked about kind of a, a renewed passion for hunting. Uh, I think in this season right now uh, is a, a renewed passion of, of love for my wife and family. Um, mm. The last verse and in, in, uh, I would say the Bible sometimes has some things that may be a bit embarrassing to talk about, but uh, Proverbs 5, 18 through 19 says, let, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast lift you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always with her love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of, it kind of blends the intoxicating love that you should have for your wife. And it kind of talks about deer at the same time. And I think that's awesome. So um, <laughs> That is awesome, man. So I, I kind of am in a season where I've, I'm realizing how intoxicated I am with deer hunting. And I need to kind of maybe change that to uh should maybe be a bit more intoxicated with love for my, my wife and family who are gracious enough to let me go deer hunting and uh, maybe set my priorities uh, a little differently. While I may still have a priority um, of, of going out in the woods and hunting, enjoying God's creation, with there's, which there's nothing wrong with, um, maybe that not, needs to not be my top focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is a hunting podcast, but I, I thought I'd uh, challenge <laughs> men out there, uh, yeah. Christian or non-Christian, uh, you know, get into God's word, uh, respect God's creation, uh, respect marriage, and, uh, you know, maybe show a little bit more of that same level of passion that you do for hunting. Uh, show that same level of passion to your wife and kids. Boy, Jeremy, I, I could not say it any better. Great, great thoughts. And man, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, um, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and just telling your stories, man. I, that's, that's been awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I love it. I, I love, uh, love the stories. I think we talked about it. My, my brother-in-law had actually told me, he's like, man, I, he listens to a lot of podcasts and he, he was talking about the same thing. I want a, a podcast that tells hunting stories kind of like we do for <laughs> story time. So I definitely love the, the podcast, love the content. Oh, thanks, man. Well, here is a spot where I would normally, you know, say goodbye to you. And then I would uh, wrap up this podcast with some thoughts or closing, but I don't think I really need to do that. I think we've pretty much covered that today. So I'll just, I'll go ahead and wrap this up, Jeremy. And I want to say thank you for coming on the show. And I want to say to the people listening, thank you so much for listening. I hope that right now you'll just stop what you're doing. And if you're married, go spend some time with your wife, go enjoy that. And uh, until next time, remember to, Shut the light.